Welcome to the Music of America podcast, where every week we visit a different state in America and meet a different guest in the music industry. Every day, Monday through Friday, we begin in Alabama and we end in Wyoming. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Let's talk music here on the Music of America. The Music of America podcast continues. We're in Asbury Park in New Jersey here, and our guest today, James Dalton. And we'll talk to James after I talk to you about amps. Are you a 30-watt amp guy? Because I've got a 50, 100-watt, and this 30 from Bill Landry, Landry's Amps, beats them both, man. The LS30 came to Bill Landry from taking the red channel from his 100-watt LS100G3 and make a new one-channel low-wattage EL34-powered amp. After building the prototype, he divided the one channel into two channels with a shared stack. As it turned out, they worked really well together with bright switches, separate gain controls, master volumes on both channels. Bam, the LS30 from Landry Amps with all the goodness of the EL34. All this and barely over 25 pounds. Really cool amps. You got to check them out. He's got a whole YouTube channel. It's Bill Landry from Landry Amps, and you can explore the different amps that he has to offer, or just check him out on his website, www.landryamps.com. From Asbury Park, James Dalton is with us, who is not a, really an amp guy. You're an acoustic slash harmonica player, or harmonica player slash auto harp player slash guitar player. <laughs> How would you define your, your art? Well, I think um, I would probably say that I'm an entertainer who bangs on a bunch of different instruments. <laughs> or I'm a, I'm a you know, or I'm a singer songwriter who, uh, who, uh, who who just tries to find his way through through uh, harmonica and guitar and wait well, you know to be fair I'm, a, I'm just a singer at the end of the day and the rest of it's just a bunch of bunch of trickery and sleight of hand things you know. things to, I used to tell people I play guitar because it's easier than taking a piano to parties. <laughs> it is, it's, it's, you're not, you and you know what's easier than taking a guitar to parties? A harmonica. Harmonicas, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When I you, can't sing with that thing. I can't sing with that thing in my mouth, though. Well, you know, you take breaks. <laughs> you, you know, you, you put, you take it out. You go blah 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 and put it back in. Blah blah blah. You know, so it all, it all, it all works out. So, <laughs> you're from New Jersey originally. I'm from New Jersey. I grew up in a town called Bayhead. I am, like you said, I'm based out of the Asbury Park uh, music scene, and uh, which is not too far away. And um, but I, I did grow up in, in at the beach in Jersey and. I've been living here on and off pretty much my whole life. You know, I bounced around a little bit, but I'm I'm always a Jersey guy. Can I ask you about that? Because I, I was this year. There's this year years old when I heard about Asbury Park as the music scene of New Jersey. Well, um, New Jersey is a is a is a strange place. Um, period. <laughs> Just end of thought. No home of no, Sopranos. <laughs> <laughs> well, home of a lot of things. Now, see the one thing as far as uh, the music scene of New Jersey goes on. On either side of of a river, like New Jersey sits in between two of the of the bigger cities in America. Across one river, you have New York City and all that that has to offer. In the south of the state, across that river, you have Philadelphia and all that has to offer. Yeah. Right. So somewhere in, in about an hour and fifteen, hour and twenty minutes away from both of those cities, it's kind of like you know, you know, like going going south and going east. That's where Asbury Park sits kind of like you know like far enough away from it where yeah. it's it's not gonna it's not gonna do it so um so basically what's going on with asbury park is uh, you have this beach town that had tons of history in it okay mm -hmm. it had lots of history that was basically um i mean obviously we have we, we all know who bruce springsteen is we all we, a lot of us know who Southside johnny is a lot of us know these bands uh, but even before that asbury park was a resort town and so as a resort town, it was attracting all kinds of um, entertainers going back to the Rat Pack. Literally, there was hotels that had that hosted those guys. So it's a beach town that doesn't have gambling like Atlantic City, but it's closer to New York City. And, it's, and so it became a quite a quite a busy place. And um, and so now that uh, now that you know about the place, um, you find that in the 60s and 70s, all the, the E Street band guys and all that related mm -hmm. scene came up. Um, they came up, came out, and since then there's been a whole, there's been a numerous different waves of bands and music scenes that have sort of flourished out of there. Yeah. And uh, right now, I wouldn't even know what you'd say is flourishing the most in town, um, but we are sending out quite a lot of really cool characters. Um, you can, at the moment, you can find almost any kind of music in town. I mean, yeah. we even have serious country 
musicians there and uh, which was which was never a big thing you know asbury's a rock town and then it was a punk town and it's got mm-hmm. a bit of a rap town part of it and and uh, and and solid djs and solid folk music it, it's got solid everything right now it's pretty good who inspired you from that area when you were growing up um well you know like i said i'm a singer and a harmonica player um i uh i mean i can't deny and nor nor should i i can't really deny the fact that i've been influenced by mr springsteen he he really you know he really is pretty impactful uh-huh. <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to not have him um and his band be uh be a part of who you are growing up around here as a musician it's hard not to especially since some of the east street guys are floating around i mean i i've become friends with a few of them just in passing you know they're uh-huh. around so yeah. that legacy is in town all the time in real time you know you see them some of these guys are playing you know little bar gigs or or hanging out in, in the restaurants in town and just it's part of it um i think that some of the other people that have come up um you know there, there's a guy named steve delopolis he was in a band called burlapped cashmere he was based around Asbury for a while. He's a, an incredible singer songwriter. He's one of my favorites. He came up. Um, there's a couple harmonica players that are pretty, pretty intensely wonderful. Um, Steve Paparussi's a guy that I used to see and take some lessons from. Um, Dennis Groenling's not much of an Asbury guy anymore, but I used to see him down that way a lot. He's another really serious harmonica player that 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 does a lot. And and of course, um, all the, the you know the people that I kind of came up with. You know, like any music scene you'll you'll speak to the people and whether they'll point to the rock and hall hall famers you know and say well this one and that one that one a lot of times it's it's who's playing the bar next door you know who's playing in the band after your band's playing you know that's that's where you take a lot of your your uh, influence from when i was growing up i thought of new york as like the hub of most music and i thought of philadelphia as uh kind of a well let me say it this way detroit was motown new york Mm -hmm. was pop music in philly was uh, where they all where they both came together yeah yeah, yeah. So we got, like tsop got hollow notes out of there mm-hmm. uh the ojs i mean the list you know is just incredible so is asbury park kind of like philadelphia-esque or is it more man like is there one well, we, more than the other or it's it's more influenced by new york than philly i'll say that with respect okay. um in the the way the uh the, shore, the, the way the jersey shore is set up it's like two halves. One half services the New York metro area, and the other half services the Philadelphia metro area, depending on the highways and the train stations. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so As- Asbury's on the train line that goes to New York, uh-huh. and um, you know Atlantic City's on the train line that goes to Philadelphia. And so okay. it's um, so you know it's easy. You're going to have more of a New York City influence. It's easier for someone to get from Asbury to New York and play gigs than it is to get to Philly to play gigs. And just a little bit easier you know it's there's just a natural you know there's a natural inclination to look north when you're on the beach (laughs) towards towards, towards everything going forward you know and um and and there you go did you sing as a child did you sing like in grade school did you sing church choirs and stuff like that or what well i wouldn't say i sang in church choirs but i sang throughout elementary school and i sang in high school choirs as well and there were always some little summertime talent shows you know at the I guess you know at the yacht club kind of place that I would perform in every year, and um, and I did all, a, all manner of got, with a with a band or just by yourself. Um, I started getting into the band type thing when I was like seventeen, eighteen, nineteen is when I started messing around with um, with singing non choral music and non yeah. you know non music theater kind of stuff. You know, I mean, I did music theater growing up. Like I said, I was singing. Well, I, was, I was just going to say that. I just there's something about musical theater people they're just <laughs> great no they're great interviewers because they they know how to, you're not just playing me like some musicians are really uh uh jim morrison type you know mm-hmm. just want to just just play their music man just want to talk about it yeah they'll come, they'll come not, on a podcast but they just want to just like talk like this well you know that's why i referred to myself earlier as an entertainer because yeah. i do i am an actor and i've done a lot of music theater and i actually have a one-person show right now that's actually um, that that I've been doing, you know, at the at some fringe festivals around the world and in different theaters and spaces. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it's called Asbury Park and Me, believe it or not. And uh, I I opened it at something called the Brighton Fringe Festival, and uh, you know, like a year and a half, two years ago, and I just did an Asbury like a couple weeks back um, as part of the Light of Day, which is a festival that happens uh-huh. um, usually in the middle of January. 
And but but I say that because I have been a theater man, and and I and I understand there's a you, you got to be a character in front of people. <laughs> you know, you can't just just you know you can't go in the interview and say nothing and just say yeah, man, I was playing in G, man. That's it. You know, like <laughs> you got you got to give something more. You know. I swear to God, I had a guy on here. Uh, I won't say his name or I won't say where he's from, but he just he told me he says I'm just. I just don't like talking to people. I'm like, well, why, the, why do you come on a podcast? You know, it's what, that's exactly what it is. It's not video. It's audio. You're talking yeah. to people, you know? Yeah. It's, it's like, thanks. Thanks. Good night, man. Thanks. See you. <laughs> but that, take, right. that takes performance to a whole different level too. Mm-hmm. You get singer songwriters that don't have this background, you know, mm-hmm. and they can perform. Yeah. But then you take someone who's got a performance background. They may not have the singer songwriter ability, but I'm going to listen to that person. More than I am the guy that's going to sit there. Well, my my cat died. Never wrote this song and write this beautiful song. Right, 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 right. But you'll come up and you'll say, "Well, I had a cat once. Hated it, damn." Thing. <laughs> and you'll make a whole story and make me want oh, yeah. to hear the song. You know, and that's that's right. the, the the entertainment aspect of it. So so entertain me with the first song here about Mama's got her ukulele, or or as I was told, ukulele. Or ukulele. It's, no, it's, uk- it's ukulele. That's ukulele. Well, however, you out there in uh, podcast listener land, I, <laughs> I would, I, I would refer that to radio, in radio land out there. But list, listener land, you out there in listener land, you can call that instrument whatever you feel like, and however you pronounce it, ukulele, ukulele, lapalula, whatever you want to call it. Um, Small guitar. <laughs> I, I, I say I pronounce it. Mama's got her ukulele in in the song. Right. Um, it's. What the story in that song is, um, I back a long time ago, there was something called uh, Hurricane Katrina, as some of your listeners may remember. Um, I'm old enough to have remember watching it on TV and seeing it and 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 watching it unfold in real time, you know. And I write, you know, during that time period, I had been planning on doing a whole Gulf Coast tour. Somebody was setting up a whole thing for me to go from like. You know, it was going to be like a New Orleans to Key West kind of run of shows, you know, and uh-huh. uh, and, and I was very excited. I was going to go play all these crazy, mysterious sounding towns like Gulfport and, you know, and, uh, and Biloxi. Uh, Biloxi, you know, and and uh, and Destin and, you know, Pascagoula or whatever. Yeah, just, <laughs> but the just, you know, but the idea I was going to get to do this this tour along the Gulf Coast. And unfortunately, a hurricane came and destroyed the place. And it was very sad, and, and I know, and I don't like to make jokes about that, but it was like this, it's like really thanks universe. I was really a plan, and I was really going to enjoy this, but so the, I, I kind of tried to find a way to tell a story about, um, about the like the aftermath kind of, and and I didn't want to get too political, but I wanted to say a few things about how the people of of the Gold Coast were treated um, by by the rest of the country and by the government and everything, and I I wanted to comment on it and sort of. I wanted people that were victims of flood to feel like they'd been seen and and respected and cared about. And wouldn't you know it, a few years later, I where I live, um, the town I grew up in is called Bayhead, like I said, and um, we had Hurricane Sandy come. And Hurricane Sandy leveled the place I grew up in. You know, it was like houses were getting washed away. Uh, I I had ju- I'd been living in New York City. For a few years, I was, you know, involved in a blues club, and I was involved in doing all the things you do when you live in Brooklyn, New York. You know, yeah, yeah. and um, you know, you you live with an illegal alien, you run a blues club, you know, you know, <laughs> run around in the subway. That's you know, day in the eat, life. <laughs> eat, eat tacos late at night, and you know, whenever you chase whatever it is you chase as a New Yorker, you know, and uh, and and you move like crazy, but you never get anywhere in the process. You know, you're you're on a but the but it was great. So then I moved home, and as soon as I moved home, within a month, that hurricane happened, and wow. um, I found renewed uh, meaning in that song. Yeah. And so I I was playing it all the time, and it, and it really dawned on me that I had I without realizing it, because you don't plan these things. You don't write a song and then years later discover what they mean. You know, you just write the song because it means something. Mm-hmm. But but things take on new meaning as you get older. And that song um, meant a lot more to me years later because I was like, "Wow, this is this is this is me now. This isn't just some, you know, nameless, faceless person I saw on CNN. You know, right. being, you know, you know, running away through the water. You know, or whatever. this is this is this is me and my family and my friends and my neighbors. And 
everyone I grew up with. This is all of us, you know. And so it, it meant a lot to me to to start playing that song more and more and more. And I hear a lot that, of it was a lot of songwriters yeah. like you that have uh, they, they talk about songs that are either within or they're out there in the universe and they just come in through you. You become mm-hmm. the vehicle for that particular song. Gotcha. That's what it sounds gotcha. like happens here. That uh, it came to you, but then it came to you with a whole different or a stronger impact, maybe or more of a mm-hmm. meaning. A different. I don't know. You know. I guess yeah. Just it. Well, it became very, much more personal than I ever imagined. You know. Yeah. I I was on the outside looking in, saying, "Look, I really care about you guys." And then suddenly, I was like, "Man, this is my this is my neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> this wow. is my people. You know." Yeah. And uh, and so I um I got to play it all over the place. I got to debut it live. Um, I, I recorded it. Um, I think before I recorded it, I remember. I think I went to Nashville. And I think I performed it live at this place. I was opening up for somebody down there, and it was like, I, it, it kind of has a country vibe to it. Um, and there, it's there's mandolin, there's percussion, there's upright bass on it, and there's harmonica. Yeah. And I and I went for like an old, an old timey country progression. It doesn't sound super old timey when you listen to it, right. but if, if you if you're used to hearing some of the old fashioned old country stuff, you know, like. It, it it really borrows from some of those feelings and some of those images, and uh, and there I was in Nashville going, here goes here goes nothing. I'm going to be an old style country person, and, and they're going to like me or they're not going to like me. It's one or the other. Here goes nothing, you know. And cool. uh, I didn't get I didn't get tarred and feathered that night. Luckily, so it all worked. Out. <laughs> you're still here, and you're here doing the podcast. Our guest is James Dalton, and we're going to hear his first song called "Mama's Got Her Ukulele." Ukulele ukulele however you wish to pronounce it we're <laughs> going to call it ukulele because that's what i grew up calling it so mama's got a ukulele here on the music of america podcast Save all the residents Cause in my dreams I hear them sing and moan Well, I hear them La, 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 la La, 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 la La, 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 la Jump and shake and 
Hoes and holler Here today and I Tomorrow summertime There's plenty of time to bleed Oh well Mama's got her ukulele Daddy sings And it makes her crazy Summertime Is all time they Mom's got a ukulele, James Dalton, our guest here on the Music of America podcast from Asbury Park, New Jersey. I'm your host, Tom Pollard, and we'll get back to talking to James in a moment. James also plays the mandolin. Well, octave mandolins are Joe Mendel's signature piece of art. It gives you that really sweet tone somewhere between a mandolin and a guitar. It has that punch of a mandolin, but also delivers the long, the sustain, the range of a guitar, and he builds them to your specifications. You might prefer like an Adirondack top to the Sitka, black walnut, mahogany, rosewood, maple, whatever. You select the wood, you select the style, and Joe will make it for you. Your own octave mandolin. All impart flavor of their own to the tone. I call them Mendel's Mandos. He calls them the octave mandolin. Available at JoeMendelsFrets.com. Is the mandolin an important part of your show, James, or is it just one of those things you have to play? Well, um, I, <laughs> cause you're a vocalist, it's, you're a singer. I'm a vocalist. Um, I, the only, other than the harmonica, I basically got into stringed instruments just as a vehicle to accompany myself because I wanted something so that I could sing, but the mandolin, it, it has such a really cool, I mean, I could say unique. It's got its own very special sound yeah. and it was my way to get out harmonica and mandolin were both my way to get out and play with more people on other nights of the week, because I could always say, look, I've got a mandolin and I could go to any coffee house yeah. or any open mic back in the day or any, any little acoustic show or any show really. And be like, can I sit in on a few songs? And, and I, if I played enough chords on it, I didn't have to be good at it. I just had to be okay at it. And, and it just added enough color and, and character that I could, I could make it work. And, um, and so the, the mandolin, I do play it in solo situations. I mean, I do have it as a solo thing. But other than my own acts, I do play a lot of Irish music with some other people. There's a band I play with sometimes. And I play the mandolin on that quite a bit. How and fun. So, uh, so, yeah, definitely definitely fun. Um, you know, we have St. Patrick's Day coming up, and that band is, we do all Irish music. And, uh, you know, it's, we're going to be busy doing that whole thing coming up very soon. My, my so, girlfriend got sick. We missed going to South Carolina this year for New Year's, but we went to last year. We went to an Irish pub. Oh yeah, and I haven't been to an Irish pub probably in thirty years. I mean, wow. like like this, this kind of it's like an, a a real yeah, traditional yeah. Irish pub, and they're playing it was a guitar and a mandolin player. Wow, that's and the mandolin that's player would set it down and play the violin periodically, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and. Uh, it was just so much fun because they play a lot of traditional Irish songs I'm not familiar with, but the people that go there are. So they'll start and then everybody sings along. And it's just so much fun. There's just so much energy. And they give it back to the room, which gives it back to them, which gives it back to the room. And it's one of those things. One of the best times I ever had a new, a new respect and love for Irish music came to me that night, you know? Mm. And well, I- it's really, <laughs> it's really, I, I'm an Irish guy as well. I, I really, it really um hard to explain i've really liked the music for a long time and um you might find in some of my recordings you might find some some irish music influence you know and um, yeah. not just like the 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 you know the the uh, jigs and reels and whatnot but you'll you'll find some of it in the uh, in, in in some of the way i phrase things from the lead singer of well one of the lead singers of the dubliners is a guy named luke kelly and um 
he uh he he's just just the way he would phrase things and the the the, the feelings in his voice was something i really wanted to like you know um uh, emulate if you will and right. uh, and of course the you know the pogues we just lost shane mcgowan recently so i i he's quite a he's an influence as well but anyway so um the next song here i wanted to talk about because i've got this really great son he's my he was my firstborn so of course he's my sweet son i have a grandson mm -hmm. who's my sweet grandson i have three grandsons but my youngest is my sweetie because he always wants to come see papa you know mm -hmm. the other ones are all wrapped up in sports and school and stuff like that so they like give a rat's ass about me right now you know? <laughs> <laughs> but uh my sweet son and my sweet grandson I really get it. And you wrote a song called Sweet Son of Mine. So mm -hmm. about your son, let's hear about him. Well, the uh I in 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 all honesty, it was basically um when he was born. He was born in the month of May. Um and he was born not too much after midnight, like you know, like like twelve twenty six, twelve twenty one AM kind of thing, you know. And, you know, and you know, it came out, it was a big deal and whatever. I became a father for the first time and, um, and, and only time I only have one child. Uh, so I, ha we had this son and I was deeply involved. His mother and I were together at the time. Everything was cool. We, um, we, st I stayed at the hospital with her the way, the way the hospital worked that we went to, um, we both stayed in the room for like three days together with all, all of us, me and my, my baby. Yeah. My son's mother. So we were living there. It wasn't like she was there on her own. I would go visit her. I was there every day. And we, you know, we, we did, we did, she, this was her third child. So she already knew a lot of stuff, but I didn't. So I was deep in learning things. I was, you know, trying to learn how to do the diapers and do this and do that. And I was, you know, how to hold everything. Um, and I brought my guitar up with me and, and some instruments with me. Because I had this ridiculous romantic idea that I would like, you know, play music for my little babies while yeah. I was sleeping. You know, I, I I had this vision, and and I bet you, I think a lot of musicians probably had that as well. And pretty much most of us didn't get the chance to do it because things were too chaotic and too busy and too whatever. But somehow or other, I found the time while my son was sleeping, and I very quietly sat near the crib, and I like put a capo up halfway up the neck, and I started just doing a very simple little finger pick thing. And the story of the song, you'll hear it. It's a very quick one. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, had, I didn't have my own. This is my first time having a baby. I was step-parenting some boys that were like, you know, that were like, you know, I, they, you know they, were, they were kids. They were talking, running, jumping, playing, doing all yes. the stuff. They, they, I, I met them. There was no like, you know, they didn't, I didn't meet them and they didn't just take a nap right away. You know what I'm saying? They were like in the game. And, you know, I'd never had a baby in my life in that same way that I was around all the time. So I'm looking at this baby and I'm like, when does it do something? <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying that out loud, but I'm kind of like, I'm like, all right, come on, do something, say something, do a trick. Come on, jump, <laughs> smile, <laughs> laugh, yeah, say, say something. And, uh, and I'm like, you know, like, like sing, what, make a face, do something, do some tricks, you know, and, uh, and little James wouldn't do any of that <laughs> except <laughs> just lay there sleeping. Which is what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to lay their sleep. They're right. just, they were just born. They got. They got. I got so my I, thing to I do start, here, Dad. I got to yeah, sleep. They, <laughs> yeah, baby's like, I'm busy, Daddy. I'm growing. Step back, you know. <laughs> so, so, uh, so anyway, what happened was, um, I, I had this. I was, I was, they're staring at this little baby, and it was great. It was beautiful and perfect. And um, but I was really suddenly excited for this baby to get up and start, you know, yeah. talking to me and saying. Daddy, let's do this, or I got a question, or whatever. I was like, I was like, really, really looking. Like, I wanted to skip ahead to that part, and uh, and his mother was like, no, 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 we want to, we want to make sure it stays as baby as long as possible. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, 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 whatever. I want to see what this guy thinks about about global economies, and you know, <laughs> we, I got, we got, I got, I got questions. You know, I, I'm having an existential dilemma. I want to, I want to get his take on this. You know, let's go. So, um, he's he's so, a fresh set of eyes. He's he's the new kid yeah. in town. <laughs> I know. He's, I'm like, I'm like, all right, listen, you, you got a fresh set of eyes. What do you think of this reality thing? What do you, what do you, are you buying it? You know? He'll be like, I'm not buying it at all, daddy. I, I don't, I don't agree with any of it. So I was ready for that, you know? Yeah. And so I was sitting, so I basically was, was, um, I'm singing this song and the lyrics are very simple. It's just like, you know, like what you, what are you going to do? When are you going to get up and do these things? And it was kind of like this, I'm, I can't wait to, 
to to get to know you, you know, person to person, man to man, even though you're a baby. Like I can't, I can't wait to chat with you and and do all these things and shake your hand and do stuff and you know blah blah. I just I just couldn't wait for it to start, even though it it had started. I mean, but the dude was sleeping, so I was like, just I can't wait for this kid to wake up. You know. Well, that that <laughs> that that whole concept itself is is sweet. You know. <laughs> I think I think that was really it. I was like I was like I wish he just wakes up. <laughs> I, I, that might have been, I just I may have just figured out the whole song. It's just like, well, this kid just wake up and do a trick for me once, and I'll be over. No, I'm sorry. But anyway, wake up, that's, say, that's... wake up and say, "Hey, Dad, how you doing?" Now I'm gonna go back to the baby. Like... <laughs> Slow down, Daddy. I'm I'm but, busy. Right. He wakes up and he says, "By the way, Johnson had Kennedy killed," and then he goes back yeah. like, gaga, goo, 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 gaga. <laughs> I'll be like, "I knew it." <laughs> I'm like, "I knew it, James." <laughs> I want to hear this. So this is uh, James Dalton singing about James <laughs> Jr. And the song, Sweet Son of Mine, here on the Music of America podcast. What you gonna do, my little man? When you gonna jump up and shake my head? What you gonna do, my little man? What you gonna do, my baby boy? When you gonna jump and shout with joy? What you gonna do, my baby So the sun will shine What you gonna do, sweet son of mine? Ooh, ooh, ooh. La, 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 la. Sweet son of mine with our guest today here on the Music America podcast, James Dalton. Founded back in 1999, Jazz Generation is a jazz education and performance initiative that creates playing opportunities for children and adults in the New York area with, through its three different programs. The programs are called JDP, JYSO, and KU, or Keyed Up. It's an anti-poverty program offering services that support professional jazz artists in the performing careers while revitalizing local businesses. All these programs are intended to develop though, a whole new generation of public audiences and performers. So the Jazz Discovery Program introduces New York City grade schoolers from all backgrounds, both public and private schools, from diverse neighborhoods in New York City to a live jazz performance, often for their very first time. The uh, JSYO, the Jazz Standard Youth Orchestra, is a performance-driven program that gives talented and dedicated young musicians the opportunity to perform every Sunday night. Often it's with a guest artist from the New York jazz scene. The most recent one is Keyed Up. It's their program that started in 2014. It started by rescuing pianos and keyboards that were destined for the dumpsters. And they position these, Jazz Generation would position these pianos, keyboards, into certain venues that may be a little bit smaller. They're known for hospitality, but they just don't have the time, space, or whatever to buy keyboards. So Jazz Generation right. rescues these keyboards, sets them up, say, a the mom and pop pizza shop. Then they ask the venue to chip in what they can to invest in the new musicians coming out to play. Jazz Generation pays the difference. If if how about this? So if if James Jr. goes in there in about ten years from now and he goes to the mom and pop pizza shop and he wants to play his jazz piece on clarinet and he wants to charge him fifty bucks, they say, "I'll give you five. Jazz Generation kicks in the other forty-five. It's a really really cool organization. Check them out. Find out more about them at jazzgeneration.org. It supports jazz throughout the New York City area. 
And that's the New York City area, not just Manhattan, not just the Bronx. It's the whole area. So they probably get pretty close to your neck of the woods, James. Pretty cool organization. You, you don't do much yeah. jazz, do you? Yeah, sounds good. Do you ever try any jazz? I, don't play like, I have tried very simple jazz, as a matter of fact. I um, One of the guys I was playing music with for a while, um, his name is Kevin Hill. Um, there's, there, I probably should get to some sort of name dropping part of this interview at some point <laughs> to give some people some credit. Um, well, well, but actually, the, I've got that on my notes here. So, <laughs> the, um, um, the, well, so, so Kevin Hill was a guy I was in a band with for a long time called Secret Sound, and he was a great jazz guitarist from Rutgers University, which is a place I went to as well. And he and I, um, we did a lot of work together, but I was a terrible guitar player, and I still consider myself to be a terrible guitar player. And he and I would be on stage together, and he'd be like flying around all this great, intense jazz and blues and funk stuff. And I was basically just like learning how to play by watching him and trying to keep up, you know. And I, we would do some, lucky for me, um, the mandolin, the harmonica, and the guitars, I'm able to do some some of the rudimentary, like, I don't want to say rudimentary, that's not what I mean, but some of the less complex jazz compositions. Um, Miles Davis has a great album for those out there in listener land called uh, Kind of Blue. And Kind of Blue has its complexities underneath the layers. Yeah. On the top, what you hear is really, really um, under understated um understated melodies you know not too many notes <laughs> not a lot of crazy changes anyone can play along to these songs you know there's a song called all blues there's a, a song called freddie the freeloader there's a bunch of tunes and nothing's really hard to play even though he had masters on the recording sessions with him even though he had the best players in the in the business you know yeah. um that guys that could fly all over the place all these songs were so understated they were like the framework of learning how to play jazz music that's the way i see it and so he had me playing these tunes and I was able to catch the melodies and catch some things and not, and, um, uh, and be able to do it. So I, you know, I, I can a little bit, <laughs> but I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it out loud that I play, that I'm a jazz musician. I wouldn't, I wouldn't right. tell anyone that. You know? I tell people that I play guitar, but I'm not a guitar player. Mm -hmm, you know? right. And that's like, like you're saying there, you, you can play some jazz, but you're not a jazz musician. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, totally. Uh, when we were talking earlier, we were talking about the next song, Silent Station. I wrote some notes here because you're all over the world. You're talking about being all over the world, you know, and mm -hmm. uh, from the different stations. And so I got to think that you're uh, also being entertained or learning from people from all over the world. So this is a perfect time for you to drop some names from some of the places that you've been to when you wrote this that inspired you to write the song, Silent mm. Station. Well, Silent Station takes place um, in several different places. Um, as I said earlier, I was talking about I was living in New York and I was running a blues club. There's a great club there called Terra Blues. Terra Blues, I don't care what anyone says, Terra Blues has, has house musicians. And during the era that I was there, I would put my, uh, they weren't mine, but you get the idea. I would put Terra's house musicians at that time period again for blues music i would put them against any blues musician in the world from any era anytime anywhere that's how bad at like wow. like awesome those guys were yeah you know like we had players like junior max Aron crenshaw uh ray shinnery clarence Beatty, bill sims jr um just just these monsters i mean like like steve geiger bobby radcliffe um Players that I could see all the time that were just like playing through on Bleecker Street, man. And it would just be like, you know, and then like a national famous person would come in, like the touring act, and they'd come and they would be lame compared uh -huh. to like the show that I could see on Tuesday night, you know, like, right. and or, or Sunday night. And I would be like, these guys are here like three or four nights a week, some of these players. And like, so I would say that. So part of what what's taking place in, in the song is um, part of it's taking place at the club you know, like on the steps kind of hanging out, like in my little world there on Bleecker street. Yeah. And the, and the other part of it is, is, uh, is, you know, bouncing around the world. So just so you know, I, as a guitar playing actor, musician, you know, jumpy, screamy, shouty clown guy, um, <laughs> with, with a harmonica and a, and a, and a pair of flip-flops, I am, um, I've been able to trip to play music across uh, three continents in a variety of settings. I've been really lucky. Yep. I played, I played an Irish bar in Shanghai. You know, I played a, 
I played a, a drinking cruise in between Finland and Sweden. I uh, I played the the uh, the ski bar in Switzerland. You know, I played on the beach in Mexico. I you know, blah 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 blah. blah. You know, I've done all this crazy stuff. And how do you get these all, that, all over the world? Did you you didn't have an you know, agent? You're just it's, doing it it's, it's a whole lot more of I knew a guy who knew a guy to be, okay. to be fair, yeah. you know. Um, and I mean, I played a blue, I play a blues festival in Estonia twice. I played a jazz festival in that country as well. I, uh, I'm actually going to be returning, I think to Estonia this summer to do a bunch of shows. And, um, you know, I, you can sit there and think of these places like, you know, like I, I, I played in, you know, in a, in a bookstore in, in the former Czechoslovakia, you know, a former Soviet country, you know, right, right. In, in, you know, in Prague, I played in Prague, I played in Poland, I played in Lithuania of all places, you know, I've done all kinds of just crazy, crazy stuff. And I've been touring and traveling mostly solo the whole time. So Silent Station is like a, it's like a jumping point between my life on Bleecker Street and my life out as a, as a, you know, guy dragging a bunch of, you know, bags around with them and like, you know, um, weird train stations and weird yeah. bus stations. I mean, like, when's the last time you went to a bus station in America? You know, any of the bus stations <laughs> in America, you know? I mean, it doesn't matter. I there's a there's I went to a bus station and I was in on tour down south. I was playing through Kentucky, right? Yeah. Playing I was playing Tennessee, Kentucky, and Indiana. Those were those were the places I was playing shows, that one little run. And I, I came up from Nashville on the bus. I took a Greyhound, right? To Madisonville, Kentucky, right? On Nobody purpose. knows where that is. On, on purpose. purpose. <laughs> on purpose. And I got dropped off on some weird road and it was like I was waiting so long for the guy to come pick me up that I started walking and it was like, I just, it was like, there was just a, it was like a building. It wasn't even a gas station. It was like a building with a Greyhound sign above it. And that was the station. <laughs> and it was like, and, and it was nothing else. There was no services, nothing. And I was like, all right, I guess I'll start walking. And I'm, I'm walking with a thing on my back and a guitar. And I remember leaving the station. The sun was getting low and I walked over this overpass and the overpass was going over a freight train filled with coal cars Wow, that's where I was. I, it was there, you know, and 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 the weird people that I was around there just just you know they just all belong there perfectly, you know, you know. Or I was in a I was in a tram station in in Riga, you know, like just sitting there waiting for the tram to come to take me yeah. somewhere else, to take me somewhere else, to take me somewhere else. And I was like, it was it was a jitney station. I was trying to get from from the coast of Latvia to the sit to the capital. It was you know just these crazy places and. A lot of times when you think of these romantic places musicians go, you're like, well, they must go to really lush parties and sit on romantic beaches and, you know, hang out in stylish restaurants and, and uh, walk <laughs> through really cool fashion shows. And you're like, no, actually, I'm just sitting in a dirty parking lot of a dirty <laughs> train station. The last train's already left, and I got three hours to sit here until the morning train starts. Until the and, next train. Yeah. You know, and that train's not even getting me anywhere I need to get to yet. You know, and it's like, and there's six people sitting around. Two of them are homeless. Two of them are dealers. And the other two, I have no explanation for them. You know, and it's like, <laughs> oh, here we go. And me. And, and, and it's just like, here we go. Let's do this. Yeah, I, I do something all- like that on a, on a long plane flight. If I get a long layover and I'm really bored. I'll uh, mm-hmm. I'll make up stories about this yeah. guy based based on <laughs> just what something unique about him. This guy's got a nose ring, or <laughs> this gal's got blue hair, or something. I'll just do the whole story, do the whole story in my head just to uh, mm-hmm. pass the time. Well, it's yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Let's hear let's hear some of those people or those personalities or those experiences. And you're in the last song we're going to hear from you, James. <laughs> the song is called cool. "Silent Station" here on the Music of America podcast. In a diamond ring Never worries about a thing Lights and cameras Keep her in the news Bag of blow And a bottle of rye Never needs to ask me why Smoking on the steps And hearing that blues oh. There's a man singing In the door Pass the bucket and tipping some more Years later, he's still paying his dues. 
Station with James Dalton from Asbury Park, our guest today here on the Music of America podcast. I don't know where the time goes on these things sometimes, mm. but I think it's because performers that play music or musicians that are also performers, we just we're so comfortable and natural. We all know what we've kind of gone through, and we just know mm. how to talk to each other. And it's fun, <laughs> probably. Man. James, this it's... is the last. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh no, I was, I was going to say thanks for having me on board. I've been, oh. I really enjoyed it. It's really funny how this whole thing came together, actually, because. Uh, I had my guests lined up for New Jersey and then one of the guys got in an accident and then the other guy got over, oh. o- overwhelmed at work. And all of a sudden I've got two holes in my, my oh. schedule and the show and it uh, airs shortly. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. And we just, <laughs> uh, we connected somehow on, I guess it was on Facebook and uh, one thing led to another. And here we are maybe mm-hmm. less than 24 hours later, we're doing the show. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> Worked so, out uh, perfectly. That's right. Well, thank you for that. Thanks for bailing me out too. Mm. So this segment of the show we call Shameless Self-Promotion, and okay. I'm sure you're not going to be hard-pressed to do this, but uh, tell us how we want, who who want to, we, how do I say, we who want to support you can support you. Well, um, I have a bunch of social media things. I'll start there. If you go to James Dalton Jr., like James Dalton Jr., all one word, you can find that handle, if you will, on um, on Facebook, Instagram, uh, and YouTube, actually, you can, and so you'll find a variety of stuff. Um, I have a little a site where you can download all the music I have. I think I have it all for free right now. I'm not sure. If it's not, you can send me a message, and I'll I'll make it free for you if you need me to. And that's jamesdalton.bandcamp.com. And so those the socials are there. All, James Dalton Jr. Um, I have a, this one person show that I do this theater thing. I call it Asbury Park and Me. I know we were talking about it earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, you can find that on Insta as well. That's Asbury Park and Me. And um, like I said, I, I just did that show. It, I opened it at the Brighton Fringe Festival. I did it at the Reykjavik Fringe Festival last summer in uh-huh. Iceland, which was wild. So I did it a week in England, a week here. I, I did it in, in, in Soho, in New York, a few nights. I've done it in Asbury a few times. And I just did it, like I said, just a, just a couple nights, you know, a 
couple like a two weeks back. I don't, I don't know. I'm losing track of time. Right. But the uh, but I, I'm going to be doing it again. So one of the things I want everyone to know about is if if you have listeners out there um, in England, I'm going to be touring in England in April with some new music. Um, like the second week of April, I'm going to be doing Southern England. So I'm going to be in London and Winchester and Brighton and, and uh, up by Nottingham. And I'll actually be doing Asbury Park and me again um, at Brighton, the place where I opened it for the first time. We're doing a one-off and it's going to be really exciting. And I just have a lot of great shows coming up. I'm playing Atlantic City. Um, I'm doing a, I'm doing a, a new casino spot there they have there. And I'm, uh, I'm going to be up in, in New York and I'm going to be, I'll be open. Let's just check the schedule. Hopefully, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing you all out there. What about, uh, you don't you don't sell like stuff, you know, I'm trying to think what the word of swag. I have CDs. Like... I, oh, I okay. have some CDs still. I have old CDs. There's a great um you can find it on on the Bandcamp site, but you can also get it from physically. It's called Franconia, which was I recorded it live in Germany in oh, wow. um in um two different venues in a region called Franconia, which is um like you know, it's it's Outside of a place called Nuremberg, we would all know that as Nuremberg, which right. has a has a feisty history. But the uh, but when you get to Nuremberg, when you get there, <laughs> you get there. It's not really. It's not like that. It's it's like a, an old town, and it's um it's a beautiful old little city, and it, the 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 history of the trials and all that there are not. Yeah. It's not prevalent when you're there. It's just a romantically German place, you know, mm-hmm. with with a lot of agriculture and. People are drinking beer for some reason, and uh, there's castles and the whole thing. And so I recorded it. I did a couple. I, I, rec- I recorded a few of the shows. I played there a lot um, for whatever reason. And so, and so people can buy uh, Franconia for me. And um, like I said, I'm going to have uh, pretty soon there'll be a whole new line of merchandise. There'll be bags and shirts and stickers and the whole thing. That's what we're looking and, for. Uh, yeah. And they'll, and, they'll be able to, when they're available, you'll put it out on Insta yep. or Facebook. We'll put it all up on Insta. Yeah. It'll all be there. Awesome, man. It's, Wish we met sooner, man. This is cool. Uh, can't wait to cross paths with you person to person. You know, I've not Absolutely. been. I've been to Jersey once. I'm, I'm a big hockey fan, as you can tell by my St. Louis Blues hat that I'm wearing here. And I made it to Jersey once. Uh, went to the Rangers game at Madison, uh-huh. Madison Square Garden, and nice. we flew out of Jersey. Nice. <laughs> so that was my New Jersey experience. I, I was just at that airport a couple weeks ago. I, I, I do a lot of odd jobs, and one of my odd jobs recently was driving a car for an older couple from yep. New Jersey down to Florida so that because they were too old to drive themselves. Yeah. For the, it's it's a long ride from Jersey to Florida. And that was my little and, – and it was funny because I had a – you were talking about layovers. I had a three-hour delay in the airport because of the storms we had a couple yeah. weeks ago. It was yeah. crazy. And uh, anyway, whatever, it doesn't matter. None of that's the important part of the show. The important part of the show is I very much appreciate you having me on. Thank you so much. I uh, It's an honor to be here. And uh, and feel free to send me a message. And feel free to get me a gig out by you. I'm, I'm happy to happy to travel out there and make some noise. That's not, We'll talk about that off mic because it's one of my New Year's <laughs> resolutions. Oh, I'm serious. We'll talk about that. But uh, cool. right now, I'm James Dalton, our guest today. Thank you. And thank you. And thank you. Up next with a brand new CD out recently. We're going to meet with John Wilkie from Bordentown here on the Music of America podcast. You've been listening to the Music of America podcast. If you like today's show, please go to the website at www.musicofamericapod.com or our Music of America podcast Facebook page. Like us and follow the show and episodes. We tally the votes of all our shows and the most listened to shows will be rebroadcast on our best of shows at the end of the season. I look forward to having you with us again and listening to the Music of America.